Yo, 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 yo. It's cold outside. Girl, but shot callers is in the building. Just so y'all know what's going on, baby. It is Shot Caller Wednesday. I hope everybody is cozied up. I know where we are in the Cincinnati, North Kentucky area. We've gotten in the last three days about 12 to 13 inches of snow, so we're all bundled in. But you know what? It's always time for a good podcast, and Shot Callers is back. Uh, I hope everyone's doing well. Uh, we're going to give you some introductions. First, my man, producer Tim. What's going on, my brother? Hey, man. Um, you know, just living the dream. I'm excited to be here. We're switching the schedule up a little bit this week, obviously, between 40 minutes and Shot Callers, but I'm happy to be here with you guys talking a little stuff. Um, Hoops is go- Hoops hysteria is going wild right now between the NBA, the G League, and college ball. So let's 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 talk all about it. Man, absolutely, absolutely. You know, the good thing about all of our shows, we're all kind of transparent, and, and we all kind of can move around and do different things because of all of our schedules. But you know, whenever we got to come on to do a pod, it, it's always going to be a blast. So, my man. My next introduction, my brother, my ace Buku, my number one, Joshua, Odellis, Pharrellis, Montellus, Overzealous, Hayes. What's good, my brother? Man, I am. I was actually looking forward to coming home and doing this podcast when we decided to jump on tonight. Um, after you mentioned that weather and getting that extra snow, man, and having that commute, that commute home today for work, I was like, man, I'm ready to sit home, pop open something to drink, and and, and talk this podcast real quick. You know, NBA yeah. is always always on the mind, so we talk basketball twenty four seven. So I'm ready to go. Man, absolutely, absolutely, man. Well, you know, we are definitely excited, um, and I want to open it up, and I'm going to plug this first because it was an excellent article. And I'm going to give big ups to my man, Timmy D, and his boy, Donnie Minky. If you guys have not read that G League article that they posted on the 48 Minutes Network, you guys are missing out. And, and, I, and I will be honest with you, I, was, I am not a big recruit guy, G League guy, prospect guy. But, man, to get ready for the G League start today, I, I read this article. It was amazing. Tim and Donnie did an amazing job of just breaking down the teams that are involved, players to watch, who we like, who we don't like. Um, it, it was awesome. It was awesome. So the G League started today, uh, and we had games starting at t- uh, 11 o'clock this morning. Yeah. Uh, and they've kind of ran all day. They, they're playing – I think they had four games on the slate today. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, producer Tim – uh, give us a little rundown uh, of some of your favorite teams uh, in this G League preview and kind of give us a rundown of how it's going to go, how it's going to look, uh, the schedules, the play-ins, all the things that are going on. Give us a little rundown of the G League. Sure. Uh, well, first, before we get started, I got to say shout out to Donnie Menke because he saved my ass on this article. <laughs> um, I was working on this article while preparing for the Jeff Perlman interview that I did on Friday on our YouTube channel which you can listen awesome. to that pod on Monday. Thank you. Yeah. So I like, I was like reading the book till like 1230 in the 1230 every night. And then when I would have a few minutes, I would like really quickly scout a team, like write stuff down about them, read some information. Um, and so like Donnie was like, Hey man, I got this team done. I got this team. So we split it down the middle. We each did nine. So the first nine in the article are Donnie scouting reports. The last nine are mine. 
Um, so first off, before I tell you guys anymore, I just want to say thanks to Donnie. I've thanked him 40 times over the last couple of days, but, um, you know, I could not have done that without him and, you know, his basketball knowledge is mm-hmm. upper echelon. So I always appreciate getting the chance to pick his brain and see what he sees. And we talk about it back and forth. Uh, we were tw- texting each other quite a bit today during the first game, which was G league ignite, which is the group of kids who skipped out on college to play a year in the G league before the NBA draft. Um, mm-hmm. So that's kids like Jonathan Kuminga, Jalen green, Dacian Nix, Isaiah Todd, which, um, you know, mixed results. Um, so mm-hmm. we'll get to that, but how this will work uh, for those who aren't aware. So the G league is doing a bubble format this year, just like the NBA did last year uh, for the last bit of the, for the seeding games and the playoffs. Um, so except for the difference here is you only play every team once 15 regular season games for all 18 teams completing uh, multiple teams opted out uh, just because of travel purposes. They didn't want to be in a bubble. They didn't want to be in Florida, whatever the reason may be. Um, so it's going to be 18 teams that each will play 15 games. You play each opponent one time. And then the top eight seeded teams with the top eight best records are the teams that make the playoff. What makes the playoff fun, like Josh said before we start recording, it feels a lot like March Madness. It's a one and it's, it's a one and out. There's no round Robin. There's no best of, you know, so if you lose, you're done. Um, so it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, I'm really excited about the format. I think it's great. And truthfully, um, I talked about this with a couple of guys earlier in the week. For player development, I think it's great. I think the bubble is excellent. I think it's a good situation for these young kids or any of these guys trying to get back in the league where it's like they can focus on strictly basketball. That's the only thing I have to worry about for a month. And then after that month, you know, some teams will go back to their NBA team on a two-way. Some team guys may get picked up on contracts. Who knows? And some guys may have the chance to go back overseas for a little bit. So, you know, it's not like they're done playing necessarily, but um, yeah. So teams I'm really excited about, obviously G G league ignite is a lot of fun. Their head coach is Brian Shaw, former Laker, Orlando magic, Boston Celtic, NBA champion has assistant chess coach uh, was on Phil Jackson's coaching staff with the last Laker championship teams he had. Um, So he's going to be coaching and they have guys, like I mentioned earlier. So Jonathan Kuminga, and Jalen Green are both right right now projected to be top five NBA draft picks. They also have Deshaun Nix, who was supposed to go to UCLA last year this year and play for McCrone and decided, I'm not doing that. Um, right. Can't, can't blame the guy. And then um, Isaiah Todd, who I believe – I might have this mixed up. I believe, yeah, he was supposed to go to Michigan and decided to do this instead and play in the and play with this Ignite team. And they have some NBA veterans on that team, guys like, like Jared Jacks on the team to kind of be like yeah. the guy who brings them through the yeah. trenches. Um, and he was awesome. That was today. cool to see. Yeah, he was. He, he, was really yeah, he, he was, uh, he scored 23 today, man. He was nine to 10 from the field and three from three from three. Yeah. So yeah, that's the cool thing about that. I noticed about this. You got those young guys, but you got also got a mix of, of, of NBA vets. It's pretty cool. Yeah. And another team I'm really, two other teams I'm really excited about. Um, I'll touch on the Santa Clara warriors who actually the ignite team played today and defeated, which really shocked me. Um, this is a group of Ben. You like Ohio State. You're familiar with Caleb Wesson. He's on the team. Mm-hmm. Um, their two way guys are Nico Mannion from Arizona, who got drafted by the Warriors this year. Um, Juan Toscano Anderson, who actually played for the Warriors this year uh, for a mm-hmm. little bit. Uh, Jordan Poole from Michigan, former first round pick. He's there on NBA assignment. And of course, they have Lynn Sanity, Jeremy Lynn's playing Lynn for Santa Clara. Boy. Yeah. And he looked yes. good today, too. Yep. Today was the 10 year. Yeah. yeah. I think they said today was the nine year anniversary of the game against the of Lakers. They dropped 38. Yeah. 
Yeah. And then um, my last team I'm stoked for because it's strictly this. It looks like it's an all blue blood team basically from college basketball is uh, the Greensboro Swarm, who are the Charlotte Hornets affiliate. So they have guys okay. like Admiral Schofield, who is an all SEC player at Tennessee, um, was actually the first pick in this year's G League draft. Um, I'm really excited. They also have Vernon Carey Jr. from Duke last year, who, if you listen to that large bid, you heard me make fun of a lot for the fact he did not like playing center. And of course, now he's playing center. Um, they have Nick Richards from Kentucky. They have Khalil Whitney from Kentucky, who had a very unceremoniously ending to his tenure there with the Wildcats. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, they're a fun team. And then, Ben, I got to shout out, you know, the Fort Wayne Maddens. Um, oh, yeah. I'm, I'm so excited about Cassius Stanley. I thought he looked terrific today. I yes, know they he lost did. to the Westchester Knicks. Jared Harper was spectacular for the Knicks. Uh, you can see why they snagged him on a two way. Um, mm-hmm. But, those four teams are the teams I'm most intrigued by. They're certainly going to be better teams. Uh, Raptors 905 is always good in the G League. You know, Nick Nurse was there for a little bit. Jerry Stackhouse was there for a little bit. Um, the Raptors use the G League team better than any other NBA franchise. Guys like Pascal Siakam, Chris Boucher, Fred Van Vliet. They've all done mm-hmm. time there with that squad. So um, there's a lot to be excited about. It's a good thing because it's finally you're getting a taste of like, I always felt like the G League was always under man because people looked at it as just like the minor leagues, the NBA. When the reality of it is, no, these guys are, for the majority of these guys are NBA players. There's just not enough roster spots. So you get to see these guys play and it's good basketball and good talent. And for development, yeah. it's perfect. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think that that's a, a great point to bring up is that there's only so many roster spots you can have on an NBA roster. Um, a lot of these guys are, are good enough to make an NBA roster. Don't, don't, don't be fooled. Like don't, don't think that it's minor league basketball or it's something where, oh, these guys are castaways. No, like these guys are good enough to play in the league, but you only get so many roster spots and some guys need work. I look like a guy that's on, you know, plays for um, the Winchester, Westchester Knicks, like a scout of BCA. Like he was in the league, mm-hmm. but needs work. You know what I mean? He's a guy that, that playing these games in this kind of intensity and this kind of role are going to help him are going to make him a better player. So, um, yeah, man, I, I'm, I am excited about it. Um, when I read your preview, like it, it was, it was awesome, but seeing the format and, and how it's almost like college, it is like college style and, and it's very fast paced and it's got a mix of veterans and it's got a mix of prospects. Like, like it's an exciting league, man. It, it's going to be really exciting. Hey, Tim, um, yeah. for all of our listeners, well, can you explain the the G League process of um, each team affiliated with NBA team and how um, that coincides with, for instance, like two-way contracts or sure. um, if like a roster spot opens up because someone gets hurt, how they're able to bring a guy up on the team um, and, and maybe do like a 10 day contract or whatnot. Um, and, and how those, and, and how those coins like, cause that, cause when you go through and I haven't had a chance to read the article yet, I've been sure. crazy busy and Ben's been telling us how great it is. So actually while we was getting started, I was starting to skim through it real quick and I was reading some of the stuff and I was like, man, I can't wait to get off the pod and actually read this. But, um, I don't know if everybody realizes that like every NBA team has a G league team. And um, or for the most part in like how their affiliation yeah, yeah, and how their affiliation is with that team specifically. 
So I think the best way to compare it to other sports is, um, you know how when a player is on the NFL team's practice squad, he can be signed by be to any active roster in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Um, minus two-way contracts and NBA assignments. Uh, G League players are, are, that aren't or have those um, things next to their name when you look at the roster sheet are basically NBA free agents. Um, so they're, they'll probably play for a team. You know, like let's look at, I'm trying to think of a good example of a guy I can think of. Um, who's not technically owned by an NBA team. Let's, you know, okay, let's look at Admiral Schofield. So a perfect example, he was the first pick this year. He was just an NBA draft pick last year. Um, so Schofield is not owned by the Hornets. Like his rights, his draft rights are not owned by the Hornets. His G League rights are owned by the Swarm. So that's why he's playing with the Swarm. But what that means is let's say the Wizards decide they want to bring him back. Um, they can sign him. You know, he's not there necessarily to be... Um, property of the Charlotte Hornets as far as contract goes. Um, his contract is not owned by the Charlotte Hornets themselves. But like you said, Josh, let's say, God forbid, um, let's say that they have an injury. Let's say that PJ Washington goes down and they need a roster spot for 12, 15 days. You, they can sign him um, and they can bring him up to the roster. And if, you know, that time comes up where they want to send him back to the to Greensboro before the, before the bubble's over, they can, but he might have to go through quarantines and stuff like that. I'm not hundred percent for certain. Yeah. Um, so two-way players, how that works. And this is really a good idea. I'm glad you brought this up is I don't know how it works with the current season being so goofy, but the idea of it is that a guy with the G league roster can spend a maximum of 45 days on an NBA team without losing like with best part of his contract. And he can go back and forth between um, the team that he is assigned to for the G league and um, you know, this NBA team. So example right now would be Devon Dotson. The Windy City Bulls are not participating in the bubble, but he's had a two-way contract with the Bulls. So what they did was they assigned him to the Canton Charge, who is actually the Cleveland Cavaliers G League affiliate. So with all these teams opting out, you know, whether it be like, feet, you know, the Suns, opt, uh, the South Bay Lakers, the Stockton Kings, Windy City Bulls, Wisconsin Herd, um, who are, you know, those teams – with those guys that are on two-way players that they have that are not with the roster, they just sent to other teams. So it's really unique this year. Um, you know, the first line in the article is the G League's taking on a season they've never had before. And that's more than just the bubble. It's all these guys playing for other teams' organizations. So it's unique. Um, you can't charge our team. That's going to be a lot of fun just because all the guys they acquired through two-way contracts as well. So mm-hmm. I would like to think that, in a normal season, and I like what you brought up, is that the the NBA team will have an affiliated G League team, and it'll be just like active roster practice squad, so yeah. to speak. And then you can move guys up and down, um, and then anybody can sign off of a practice squad uh, just like you can in the NFL. Yeah, and the thing that's the coolest is I've always kind of kept an eye on the G League just because it's – you know, it's basketball um, and I'll, I'll, I'll watch any basketball I possibly can um, is seeing how much it's grown from when it was the development league, when it was the D league where like, um, you know, the bucks would send Jody Meeks down there for two or three days and he would score 40 and come back to the team and sit on the bench for six minutes. Um, it's just, it's so cool to see how much it's grown. And like, you know, even when it became the G league, they're like, we're on Twitch. Yeah. And that was a big That's deal. That's what for I was going to bring up. Yeah. That switched from the development league to the G league. Just the name change alone changed the attitude of that of that league. 
Yeah, I mean, it's featured in 2K now. Like, it's huge. To kind of make a little joke out of it, I'm not even lying. I straight, when when they first did that, I thought the G stood for Gatorade. I'm like. (laughs) I think it does, doesn't it? I I think it stands for Growth League. I think the G League stands for Growth League. But I originally thought it stood, if it does stand for Gatorade, like, I used to laugh at it all the time because i was like man that looks a lot like the gatorade symbol <laughs> and then all i could all i could think of i was in there like sometimes Josh, sure actually, enough it is, it is the gatorade, gatorade league, league. Is yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well you guys know who the president is of the of the league uh sharif abdur rahim yeah i was gonna say i thought it was sharif abdur rahim was the president yeah wow so you weren't far off my friend because no. it's it's the exact logo. It's <laughs> well, yeah, absolutely. They use the same logo for it. I was That's like, oh. just that. Wow, Gatorade said we're just making money all over the place. Just yeah, <laughs> exactly. But yeah, I, I, I mean, the G League's the name change, the the growth of the league. Uh, it, it's been it's been awesome to to watch and see, um, and, and I look forward to this G League season. Um, it's a lot of fun, man. You got a lot of games packed into it's a month long basketball marathon. Oh, yeah, month long. Yeah, it's 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 really cool to see, and it's gonna be a lot of fun to see those teams play one another uh and then race to a championship, man. It should be a lot of fun. Uh like I said again, if you get a chance and you you're a basketball um nut and you wanna check out the G League stuff, man, it, it's an awesome article um by producer Tim and Donnie Menke. Go check it out. Absolutely. Thank you, guys. Thank you so um, much. So next on, next what's what's going on in the league? Uh, We had a trade, and this is one of your favorite guys, producer Tim. Also, one of your favorite guys, Odellis Ferellis. Also, Derek Rose. Also, one of Thib's favorite guys. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, I want a new team. Got to have him. Yep, Derek Rose. The ultimate Tibbs guy going back, <laughs> going back to see his boy Tibbs uh, in New York. Uh, he was traded for Dennis Smith Jr. Um, and a 2021 second round draft pick via the Charlotte Hornets um, was, was headed to Detroit. So uh, your thoughts on the Derrick Rose trade, um, his uh, being reunited. And it feels so good. Back with Tibbs and back to New York. Um, your all's thoughts on um, this trade and, and, and what do we expect from round two of Derrick Rose and with the New York Knicks and Tibbs? Man. I'm really torn on it. Are you torn? Yeah. Okay. Do you want to go first, Josh? Um, no, because I think we're both going to say around that you go first. <laughs> okay. Okay. So I totally understand the idea, not just the Tibbs thing, but bringing him in to kind of, you know, certify the point guard rotation, which isn't very good. Mm-hmm. Um, I like Alfred Payton, but do I think Alfred Payton's a guy I'd want to be my starting point guard? Probably not. Um, you know, I really like Emmanuel quickly and I think he's been terrific this year for them, obviously. So, but at the same, you know, and I think it's great to bring him in to mentor guys like Obi Toppin, like quickly. Um, but at the same point, I just don't know. I mean, this is a guy who the last time he played with the Knicks, like just booted one day out of the blue is that shoot around. And then when they showed up later that night to play the game, wasn't there. Mm-hmm. 
And I don't necessarily know if it's the best fit for what they're trying to do. I certainly respect that the Knicks have been really good this year. You know, we've talked about it quite a bit. Um, they've been a lot of fun to watch. They've been really experienced. RJ Barrett has secretly had a really good year. Um, yes. But at the same point, where I'm nervous is, like, are you halting the progress of Manuel quickly? Um, I know last night they played pretty similar time in minutes, but, you know, and they lost to the Heat, sure, and Rose played well. Um, but it didn't really feel like it was, you know, the greatest move by any means. And I understand it's probably just like a – we're so afraid. We're so ready to be a playoff contending team again, and that's great. Uh, I just found out Governor Cuomo actually has approved for them to have, I think, ten percent capacity in arenas in New uh-huh. York. So, Knicks fans, congratulations! You can see this fun team in the Garden again. Um, and they need offense. Obviously, they're really good defensively so far this year, but they're in the, they're in the early twenties in offensive efficiency, um, which Rose can certainly help with that. But I just don't think that this is the player I would have gotten. Um, you know, good for Dennis Smith. He's going to get a chance to go play in Detroit, get a lot of minutes, mm-hmm. um, you know, especially with Killian Hayes being injured. But I don't really know how much this super benefits the Knicks. I understand that he's on a, you know, this is a, he's, on a free, he's a free agent after this year. But I don't think I would try to – if I was going to go aggressive to try to get better, mm-hmm. I would probably not have gone with Derrick Rose. Okay. Yeah, I, I'm kind of with you on that. Um, I, I always have a, a weird feeling when you bring in that kind of veteran into a, a young team um, that's trying to develop their own way. Um, and I get it. I, Tibbs knows Derrick Rose. He's a reliable guy. He's a veteran. He's a leader. Um but you brought up a good point. Like, are you going to stunt the growth of your young players in order to split time with a guy who's a free agent at the end of the year? Um, and most likely we may play somewhere else next year. Um, is it the move that you want to make? Is it, is that the guy that you want to go get and try to, um, and make a, try to make a run for the playoffs? Are the Knicks a playoff team? I, I don't, I mean, They've got a lot of young talent. I really do like that Knicks team, but uh, I, mean, I mean, is Derrick Rose going to make make that big of a difference in order for your, you know, is the is the whole going to help the sum of the parts? I don't know. I, I think I, I like Derrick Rose. Uh, I really do, but um, I think uh, I don't know. I just am not in agreement with that move. I, you know, I. I don't know. I just I like Derrick Rose. Don't get me wrong. I, I really do. And he'll do some he'll do some really cool things there. And I think that he will provide some leadership, mentorship. Uh, he will help with the point guard position for sure. Um, but uh, we'll have to see how that goes. We'll, we'll give it a couple weeks and, and reevaluate. But um, I, I just don't sometimes I don't like when you try to bring in veterans and mix them with, with your young talent and you're trying to make something fit that may not fit at all. And on top of that, he can walk away next year. So, I don't know. Odellis Ferellis, uh, what do you think about this? Um, well, uh, earlier on one of our earlier pods, man, we we talked about this Knicks roster and we talked about how, how we like the fit of it. You know, we joked around about R.J. Barrett having to play 47 minutes a game because that's how Thibs <laughs> likes to do his guys. And, um, you know – they're starting to really show some 
that they have some talent that they can develop. And, you know, you look at guys and, and, you know, we talked about the, even the guys that aren't really coming around just yet, like the Kevin Knoxes, who, like I said, who's only, he's so young still, but like, you look at the guys like, you know, Randall, who, who, if Julius Randall's not an all-star this year, like we're gonna have some serious issues. Um, you know, RJ Barrett, who's in his second year and he's really starting to come around, you know, you got guys like Peyton, um, you know, Burks, and, and but then all of a sudden you start quickly who we've seen come off the bench and just light it up. And um, you definitely see how Obi Toppin, who was their first round pick this year. Um, and then all of a sudden you start seeing these, these moves that he's making, you know, you bring in Taj Gibson and you bring in Derek Rose. And then I'm like, is Joakim Noah next? <laughs> Lou Aldang? Are we, are we looking for Lou Aldang? Corey Brewer? Are they, are, are they gonna try to make a trade for Jimmy Butler? Um, He's Kirk, about that. Is Kirk Heinrich coming? I mean, you know, that that Bulls team is the team that Tim and I grew to love, and we thought that team had some serious firepower and some consideration to push for a championship until we all knew that Derek Rose went down with that injury. So. At this stage in Derrick Rose's career, you know, I, I really question the trade because I'm like, he probably wants to win now. And I don't think that Knicks team is a win now team. So for him to get traded to that team almost doesn't make any sense. And I don't even know if he's e even has the ability to um, develop some of these guys on the roster uh, just strictly based off of the fact that um, – like I said, he 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 wants he wants to probably win now. So like, I don't know who was the mastermind behind pulling that trade. I'm assuming it was the Knicks GM, <laughs> uh, and, and he thought maybe that roster spot would help as far as um, what's the Knicks right now? Eleven and fifteen? Does that sound right? Eleven and fifteen. Ninth they're in the conference. In, they're ninth in the conference. Eleven and fifteen. So. Let's say that Derrick Rose gets them in first place. Like, is what? What is your grand prize? Like, you have to play the Bucks in a five-game series. I mean, um, that's probably not going to fare well for them. And then I also don't think that um, it helps them moving forward. I mean, I don't know how much longer Derrick Rose has. I mean, he's definitely showed us this fountain of youth, but he's also had restricted minutes. He's coming off the bench. He doesn't have as much responsibility. He's coming in and he's a score-first guy who can dish the ball and, and stuff like that when he needs to. But, you know, we all want to see the Derrick Rose from 2011. And I don't think that's the guy that we're ever going to see again. So I'm kind of with Tim. You might be able to bring him in and kind of help some of these young guys understand the game a little bit, but like full development. I don't know if he's there. I don't know if he has the ability to like turn somebody like a Quigley or an RJ Barrett into a legit superstar. The other uh, thing is like, for this for a team that needs offense so bad, why don't you play Obi Toppin more? I mean, yeah, like I don't understand that at all. Like we know he can get buckets. Um, I understand he was hurt for a little bit, but you know, he's gotta be a guy that you have on your team. And mm -hmm. if you're gonna draft him and you're you know, we're past the days of like using a top ten pick and just be like letting him go through the motions. Like right. you know, you gotta use him. Like yep. you, you know we can score, your team needs scoring, like just play him. Yep. Yeah, I, I think that um, the Knicks are a team that need to, and I don't want to say exploit because exploit's a bad word, but they need to go ahead and let their horses run. 
You know what I mean? You've got these young guys that they want to play. Now, I get it. They're going to make mistakes. You're probably not going to make the playoffs. But when you develop these guys, you can't tell me that an OB Toppin's not going to become a certified stud. You can't tell me that Quigley's not going to be a, a guy that's going to give you big minutes and big points. You can't tell me that at some point, Kevin Knox will get it. You know what I mean? Like, you've got young studs there, man. Let them, let them play. Let them develop. Let them have their lumps. And, and you go from there. I mean, it, it's, it's – it's a uh, you. I think you have a, a legit star in Barrett. I think you have a legit star in Randall, and you build around those guys to get those other guys better. I don't think a Derek bringing a Derek Rose in helps that. I don't think that's you know. I mean, do you guys agree? Like, do you guys agree with like um, you know you got guys like Reggie Bullock and uh, I mean, I'm not saying Reggie Bullock's not a contributor, but. Um, you got guys like Reggie Bullock playing, you know, 20-something minutes a game, you know, 27, 28 minutes a game. And I know they play different positions, but then you got Quigley playing 19 minutes a game and Knox playing 18 minutes a game. And, it's you know, these guys, these guys are supposed to be your future. And, like, you're not really giving them a lot of that game court time to get in there and 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 get that experience. So, you know, I still question, like, Thibs brings in, you know, Rose and he brings in Gibson. Like these guys are 32 and 35 years old and the rest of their roster is under 30. I, I mean, I will, okay. I didn't mean to talk over you. I'm sorry. No, you're good. Go ahead. I will say that honestly, if I'm just being truthfully honest, if I'm Leon Rose, I am calling the thunder and saying, Hey, one of those second round picks you got in all those trades, I will give you Kevin Knox for one of those because he just needs to change the scenery. He's not going to break, bust that, break that rotation. The guard play that they have is too, he's, he's just not as good as the guys ahead of him. You know, it sucks. Yeah. Um, but it is what it is at this point. Like that two, that wing area, like I just don't think he's better than any of the guys ahead of him. And yeah, Josh, you're right. He's super young. Um, but, you know, there's some guys you just, you watch and you go, like, when are they going to get it? Like, I understand that I'm talking, you know, I'm the president of the Markel Fultz fan club, and it took three years for Markel Fultz to show he could play in the NBA. So I shouldn't really go this far, but um, I just don't think, you know, I think Knox, a change of scenery, going to a team with a youth movement who really is just trying to develop guys and get better, like the Thunder, put him with Shea and those guys there. Um, you know, I don't know if the Thunder are going to be able to get anything for Al Horford at this point, just right. because he's been terrible. Um, right. Yeah. He, yeah. You want to talk about a steep decline? Jeez. Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, he just went from you're like perennial all star to just like Lord have mercy, like you're really bad. Because <laughs> you how good Brad Stevens is, doesn't it? Yes, it does, man. It sure yeah. does. But um, <laughs> but to go ahead and further your point, so I totally agree with you. I think that you know if you're gonna like, I get that especially now with the play in that they want a shot to play in the playoffs. I know the Knicks are all about playing in the playoffs. I respect mm-hmm. that. Um, I just don't know if I would sacrifice what I have now um, just to get to that point where I have to play in the playoffs, um, right. especially if you yep. think about it. So right now, um, obviously this is with lottery. So this is kind of like hearsay. Um, the Knicks have the Dallas Mavericks pick this year. So from the Tim Hardaway Jr. Christoph's Porzingis trade. So right now, okay. um, Dallas has the 10th worst record. So right now the Knicks would have if you know if you went by regular stands, the Knicks would have two top ten picks. They have the eighth and the tenth. So well, you would get they would get thrown in the lottery, correct? Exactly. Both but both of those are lottery picks right now. 
So that's a situation where like, if you're the Knicks and like, say you're like, look, I really like this young quorum building. I don't want to mess it up. Let's, you know, be competitive this year. Maybe not make the playoffs. Uh, maybe next year we get James book night from UConn. Maybe next year we get Zyra Williams from Stanford. We keep this train rolling. I think I'd be much rather doing that. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And just to throw this yeah, in there. That sounds like a more feasible thing. Go ahead. <laughs> I was gonna say just to throw this in here before we, you know, we switch. You know, the I think the forgotten guy we we talk about on this team that's that's actually been a huge contributor is Mitchell Robinson. Yes. Um, who again yeah. is 22 years old <laughs> and awesome and really good. But but um, they're after, really good at basketball. After Julius Randall, him and Quickly actually have the highest PER on the team. Well, I think last year didn't he lead the league in field goal percentage? Thought so. Uh, I bet he's yeah. pretty close this year too. Yeah, I mean, I know he's like your, you know, back to the basket kind of center, but um, you know, it's still pretty, pretty impressive. I know he blocked like two and a half blocks a game or something uh-huh. like that, or something crazy. Yes, sir. Yeah, it it was it was nuts. It was definitely nuts. But yeah, I, I I'm with you guys. I'm not sure if that's this is was a trade that needed to happen or not. But um, there is another. There is another possible bull trade out there. Uh, there are some rumblings that the Bulls are looking at Lonzo Ball. Now, I've got two resident Bull fans. What do you guys think of the possibility of getting the second best ball brother? <laughs> With the so, Bulls. <laughs> so I'll say that, you know, where this rumbling is coming from, um, it's been, you know, it's always been pretty rumored that New Orleans is looking to shop them. They look, some, you know, they're trying to get more minutes from guys like Kira Lewis Jr., who they drafted this year in the first round out of Alabama. Um, and also, mm-hmm. we're not, we're speculating on something where they're actually playing a really good stretch of basketball right now. They're winning, you know, a lot of games. Zion's been terrific yeah. for about two weeks now. Yeah. Um, but Brian Windhorst yep. mentioned the Bulls as a potential suitor. And then Matt Moore from the Action Network said the Bulls are actually Ball's preferred destination. So he said multiple league sources told Action Network that Chicago is currently the most likely landing spot for Ball. That's based on multiple factors, including the preference of Ball and his agent, Rich Paul. Chicago's interest is making a roster move and the Pelicans open this to discussions. So here's what I'll say about how I feel about it. Um, I honestly really like it for the Bulls. If it were to happen, I don't know what the trade is. I assume it's probably like Wendell Carter or Lori Markinen. Um, I really, you know, Lori has been hurt so much. Wendell's been hurt so much. And now Otto Porter's out. So like the Bulls have a lot of moves that we think about. But I like the idea of taking the ball out of Kobe White's hands and putting it in Lonzo's hands where like Kobe White can do what he did best in college, which was catch and shoot, catch and shoot, catch and shoot. And in a situation like Zach Levine, you know, who really has been playing a lot of two for this team, like get him to like that comfortable wing area uh, where, you know, he's shown mm-hmm. he's terrific scorer. He's been excellent. Gosh, this he's year. been good. Gosh, he's been good. Yeah. Yes, and then, he uh, has. As Josh mentioned the other night in our group text, you know, the Bulls bench has the best net rating of any Eastern Conference lineup right now. So you put Lonzo in a situation where you can throw passes to those guys. Um, again, mm-hmm. I have not looked into what would the potential trade would be I know the money wouldn't be super expensive, um, but and also, you know, right now he's shooting the ball well. He's shooting like forty percent from three for the last couple, like last six games. So yeah. 
it's all hearsay right now. Um, but if it is to happen, if the idea is Lonzo Ball will be a Chicago Bull and there is discussions, if it doesn't involve giving up draft picks, I'm in for it. I love it. Okay. Yeah, awesome. yeah, Tim. Tim, no I think doubt. you. I think Tim said everything that that needed to be said. Um, I'm I'm a big um, advocate of getting Zach over to the wing. I think that that guy could do some serious damage playing on the wing, where he does handle the ball a little bit more than he probably should. Um, but you see a lot of these guys when they get to that wing spot, and he's got some bigger guys having to guard him. Um, I mean, he's been lights out, absolutely lights out. I think he's, and I think Tim, I think we were sending back and forth through a text. I said, I think he's ascended to that spot where I think he's made it. Um, you know, it'd be a travesty if he didn't get picked to the all-star team because I think he's been that good where he even could possibly even almost be slid in as a starter. I mean, I know it's going to be hard with guys like Tatum and Brown and, um, you know, you got some more popular guys out there and we know how the fan vote gets sometimes, but I think he's been better than all those guys. Um, you know, I, I, last time I looked, I know he was averaging around 26 points a game. I don't know what is that right now. Um, but Tim, you and I were both happy about getting white with the bulls and like, mm-hmm. so, so far he's had like these brilliance of flashes. And then like, he's had these huge letdowns where you just don't really know where he fits in at yet. And, uh, I don't think he's a true point guard. He's so not. Um, when you put him there, it almost reminds me a little bit of like a um, a Russell Westbrook experiment that is not going to go right, where he he Russell learned how to play the point guard position at Oklahoma Oklahoma City. I don't know if he's ever going to learn to play the point guard position that well. And I think if Lonzo had to be just a straight distribution style point guard who can score when you need to, play defense, but he can facilitate the offense. That Bulls team's got a lot of length and a lot of talent on it, and I think that they could actually get to that point where they're now a contender, at least maybe not with the Bucks in the division, but they're at least a contender in the East where they can make the playoffs every year. And like you said, flipping some draft picks um, would be good, but I'm, I'm with you. Like I don't think they need to give up any draft picks to get Lonzo Ball. If they can make a straight-up deal somehow um, without giving up draft picks, I would go for it as well. Yeah, I, I totally agree with that. I think um, he fits well. I mean, for what Billy Donovan wants from his point guards, you know, he'd be excellent. Uh, you know, you mentioned the fact of Russell Westbrook having to kind of develop being a point guard in OKC because when he was at UCLA, he had Darren Collison next to him. So that kind of took a lot of the ball out of his hands a lot where he could really just be a cutter and really kind of just like use his athleticism to his advantage. And I don't think Kobe White is necessarily the athlete of Russell Westbrook. That's There's few and far between of those in this universe. Um, but I do think his ability to cut, especially from the top of the key, you know, if you run displays with him, if he, you know, you get him in handoffs where he can kind of go around screens. I think he's really good in those situations. So yeah, I'm totally with you, Josh. I think like the idea of Lonzo ball on the bulls is a really good idea. It's just, how do you make it work to where it doesn't cost you assets? Um, I don't know if you guys saw the earlier, I sent you guys a little article to read and, um, you know, I'm sure we'll talk a lot more about Golden State because we have so much fun watching Steph Curry play. But um, one of the things that I was reading in multiple places is that they Golden State is going to try to make a blockbuster trade before the deadline is up. And Zach Levine's name was mentioned in that trade deal. Um, 
and they were talking about moving some assets like a draft pick and Kelly Oubre Jr. in his contract to get Zach Levine and not having to move Wiseman. And I wanted to see what you guys thought of a hypothetical if that was to happen, and he ended up going to Golden State alongside Steph Curry. Who's Zach Levine? Yes. Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. What? (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Uh, Tim, you go first. Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, my gosh. The Bulls fan in me would hate it. The basketball fan in me would love every second of it because all that attention Steph Curry gets in the perimeter and you just have Zach Levine mm. just run to the rim, like, just throw down stupid dunks. Steph Curry is such a good passer just to throw the ball up for Levine to go get it. Like, No, between him and Draymond? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. So, yeah, because I've, I've – Yeah, been, I mean, I it, they were just fighting all kinds of different yeah, I didn't know about that one. I've heard that they were like going to try to make a move for Bradley Beal. Um, that, well, that that was the second. That was the second guy I was going to bring up. Yeah, which I'm so sick of talking about Bradley Beal trades already. Don't get me wrong, but like Steph Curry, Bradley Beal is like chef's kiss. I really like Zach Levine over there better. Oh than yeah, Mike Beal. Gosh, I know. Ooh, I do too. Either one of them, man. Like, I, I, yeah, like honestly, either either one of those guys go to Golden State, and it's going to be a problem. I mean. You guys know. I just can't imagine Levine being free, being free on the wing, and and Steph running cuts and Draymond running point and just being like backdoor cut screen lob Levine smash turn around backdoor cut pick Wiseman lob smash oh hey guess what <laughs> Steph Curry's open in the corner jump shot three you're like like how do you defend and and the same thing would happen with Beal I mean I'm like how do you defend Bradley Beal and Steph Curry so it, it's it's you know, it, it, I mean that's that's dang. an offense where you can run forty five handoffs and it's going to be perfect. Absolutely, yeah, like, absolutely. They they are they're the ultimate dribble handoff, uh, back screen, reverse pivot, back out, down screen. Like yeah, like like the Golden State know, Warriors and, just and run the Princeton that, offense and score one hundred and thirty points. Oh, like, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. It, and you, it's crazy. Go ahead, John. I was just like, could you imagine? Um, so right now, I don't think people realize that Curry is shooting 49% from the field and 43% from three-point range right now with all the attention he's getting. Like, could you imagine what would happen if he could have attention pulled off of him because he has a legit score on the floor with him that you know is going to get you a legit 20 every single night that you have to protect the rim because he's a high flyer. Um, he can step back and shoot the three. And, um, you know, Wiggins and, and Ubre are just too inconsistent every night. Like one night they'll be good and then one night they'll be horrible. But then you got a guy like Zach who will come out every single night and give it to you. And now all of a sudden you can't guard Curry with two and three guys and you got to play him one on one. It's a wrap. So not to get off topic, but you bring up what Steph is shooting right now. Reminded me that Seth Curry right now is on pace for a 50-50-100 season. 50-50. I saw that. And Steph retweeted it, and I read it this morning. I'm like, dang. I'm like, You're the other Curry balling out here. <laughs> yeah, why hasn't Golden State made that move yet? Why isn't Seth Curry playing with Steph Curry in Golden State? Why haven't we done this yet? Man, man. That, yeah. I mean, I read that this morning because, uh, yeah, like you, you, it was there. Steph Curry retweeted it, 
And I'm like, man, nobody's even paying attention to Seth Curry out this month. Like he he is he is shooting the lights out. Thanks. Literally shooting the lights out of the basketball. Yes. Sorry Absolutely. to take us, sorry to take us on um, tangent. I so, just I just remember that popped up. No, no, no. <laughs> no, I, no I, that that was interesting news. That was interesting news, and, and I had no idea. But man, if any of the if either one of those happens, like that, that's that's going to be a problem for everybody. Um, and, and on on that note, like watching Golden State play the other night and watching Draymond Green's command of that offense and all the little in, you know integral things that he does, and I know we've mentioned this before, but man, like. If they were to add another score to that, the way that he's able to get things set up and Steph's able to get things set up, because you can still tell that, like, Wiseman's still learning. Ubre is still, like, he's not hitting shots consistently. He's still kind of learning a little bit. Like, I, man, I, if you add somebody that's a legit score to that, like, you're, you're going to have you're going to have some big problems. Um, so yeah, that, that, that would be scary. That would be real scary. Um, speaking of scary, I'm going to talk about the, uh, the best ball brother, LaMelo. <laughs> um, dude, he's came into the league, man. And I, and I want to be the first, I'm going to be the first one and I will admit my faults. I want to be the first one to tell you that I did not think that he would have impact, um, that he has had, uh, for the Charlotte Hornets. Um, you know, I, I, I think that year overseas, uh, did him, did him good. Um, it got him, it made him grow up a little bit, made him mature. Um, and to watch him now, uh, do the things that he's doing. And we were all texting one another in the group text. This Charlotte Hornets team is a lot of fun to watch. Um, and LaMelo is part of that. Um, he's able to do everything. Like he can score, he can rebound, he can pass. I mean, he leads them in steals. He's got 1.4 steals a game. Like, like he he has a lot of things that he brings to the table that I, for one, did not realize as far as all the things that he could do. Um, and that Charlotte team's playing really well right now. They're sitting in seventh in the Eastern Conference. They are, I believe, 12 and 13. Uh, Gordon Hayward has had a resurgence, uh, almost scoring 23 points a game. Uh, P.J. Washington's playing well. We've already talked about LaMelo. Um, Devontae Graham has followed up his breakout season. Um, you're getting contributions from all people. Malik Monk, who's decided that, man, I, I am good at basketball. I'm going to play hard and, and do the things that I need to do to get on the floor. Um, they've gotten uh, – uh, Miles Bridges, who's playing well. Um, this Charlotte team is is a lot of fun to watch, uh, but it all starts, I think, with Lamella. Like I, I, like I said, I'm gonna be the first to admit it. I did not think that he would have the impact that he has had, um, but he he has been a real bright spot to watch and a lot of fun to watch. Um, what do you guys think about this Charlotte Hornets team and and the breakout of Lamelo Ball? Because um, I'm impressed. I, I think the kid has played really well. I, I can tell you this. I'm not going to speak much. Um, I'm going to change my rookie of the year pick. <laughs> really fast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yep. 
Yep, and that's absolutely. Some, that's absolutely. About, that's, a, that's about all I have to say about that. I think I did pick him for rookie of the year, if I remember you correctly. You did. You did. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah, you did. So I would say you that did. right now it's probably down to him and Tyrese Halliburton. I think that's fair. I picked ah. Tyrese, but yep. I think Ball right now is uh, is definitely ascending. And yeah. he might yeah. be the clear front runner when it's all said and done. I think that everyone yeah. who said this draft wouldn't have a superstar. Um, I think he has shown the upside. He has shown the ceiling of a superstar. I'm not saying he is one. Um, well, yeah, that's what that's what we were texting about. Like, like for me, if if he's able to to stay on this kind of pace and track, uh, I think Ben's breaking up a little bit. So it's like Ben's a little frozen here, so I'll I'll, I'll kind of pick up what he's saying here uh, for a minute. Uh, yeah, Josh, I think you know if he's able to stay on track, if he's able to keep this going. Um, the beautiful thing is James Borrego really trusts him, is putting the ball in his hands. He's got really good guards like Terry Rozier around him. Um, you know, skill sets obviously through the roof. We obviously have all seen all the passing highlights. So, um, yeah, I think Ben's back. Do we have you here, sir? Yep, I'm here. Sorry. I- Internet's kind of crazy here with all the snow, but we've been there. We've been there. So I was just kind of, you know, picking up, I was picking up your thought of us keeping on track. So get you back in it. Yeah. So, yeah. So I, I was just saying that I, I think the LaMelo ball will be a perennial all-star if he's able to stay on the track that he's on because uh, he's got all, he's got all the tools, man. He's got all the tools. He can shoot the ball. Well, he passes the ball. Well, he plays defense. Well, uh, and, and he's a leader. I mean, I, like I said, I was I was pleasantly surprised when I watched them play, like how well he commands the floor. He is um what's the best thing to say? So I don't love his shot yet. I think that's gonna take a little bit of work. Um, you know, he's he scored, like he scored the ball well, you know, especially like you know, during the stretch where they've really kind of picked it up. But I'm not to the point yet where like I'm in love with him as a scorer, but I do love the way that he can like make his teammates better immediately. Uh, the attention he demands, you know, the way the, they can run the offense through him. And like you said, Ben, like the guys who are stepping up and like improving around him, guys like Malik Monk, um, Gordon Hayward looks like he's kind of getting back to that all-star form a little bit more. And, you know, if they get anything from these like Vernon carries and Nick Richards that they have right now in G league, and they come up and they help this team out from the, after their NBA assignment to the, to that, to the Greensboro, um, it's a fun young roster, and James Borrego's really given them a lot of stuff. So, Ben dropped again. We um, we giving any shots out to to Michael Jordan? <laughs> I think he's earned it, right? He's drafted well yeah. the last few years. Definitely, he definitely has. Oh, Ben looks like he's on the move. Yeah, we got him back. I am. I'm trying to find some internet connection out here. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right. Well. I guess we're kind of at the final point of the show. So do you want me to, you want me to run it from here? You got this, you back or. Yeah, I think I'm good. Okay. Yeah, I think I'm good. So we're good. We're taking a tour of the house. Live podcasting. Oh, we're on an episode of 48 minute cribs. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So, um, I guess to finish finish my thought on Lamelo, um, like I, I like you said, Tim, I'm not in love with his shot, but he does do a lot of things well, um, and he is uh, he's a proven leader. 
And he's honestly, I mean, he's done everything that I did not think that he was able to do. I mean, he passes the ball well. He, he plays defense well. I mean, he does he does all those things that I didn't think that he was able to do, and he does them well. So um, pretty cool to see him in that aspect. So Agreed. So, all right. Well, the last topic we had, um, and I know that we were discussing this in our group chat, was the All-Star game. Um, LeBron James came out, which LeBron, LeBron to me is the conscious of the league. So whenever he speaks, like it's, it's, it's the gospel. Um, he says he thinks this is a slap in the face, doesn't think that we should be paying. Other guys have came out and said that there should not be an all-star game, should not be. Oh, did we lose him again? I think we did. All right. So, yes, the conversation of should we or should we not have an all-star game was really kind of becoming a hot topic uh, during a pandemic, um, during, you know, everything going on. So what do you think, Josh? Is that something that you're – what side of this are you on? Like, do you understand, you know, it feels very TNT wanting to make money off it. Right. So, so my biggest thing about the all-star game and the all-star weekend is I feel that it's about the fans. I feel like it's about the fans being able to come in. They get to see these professional athletes do what they do best. So you go in, you get to watch the dunk contest and the skills competition. You get to watch the three point contest. You get to watch the rising stars game. You get to watch the all-star game. And there's a lot of fan interaction and we're going to have a game basically with no fans. Yeah. So at that point, what is the game really worth with no fans in the stands? Now I know that we went through the bubble and we had the finals and everybody wanted basketball, but like a game like that, like without the fans, there's really nothing. So I don't even know it. Even if you say we'll let X amount of fans in, like, I still don't know if it's worth it, just simple based off the fact that, like, when stuff would happen in the All-Star game, like, and you hear the fans cheering and you got the fans there for all of the extracurricular stuff, like, it just kind of made the atmosphere for the weekend itself. And I don't think without the fans, it would be any fun. Um, also, with all the protocols put in place and the travel bans and, you know, these guys having to do so much different stuff to their routine, you know, like LeBron said, it, it's, it's, it's exhausting, you know, to even think about playing the game. So like at that point, like why, just why do it, pick your teams and move on. That's where I'm at. Um, as much as I selfishly would love the idea of an all-star game where I can see Steph Curry and LeBron being on the same team for one night. Um, let's also remember we're in a pandemic and the fact that, you know, the one experience you've had that's you know famous right now for fans was in um, Atlanta and the All Star Game. Uh, you guys want to have it in Atlanta? So <laughs> I don't know about that. Um, so. Courtside is Courtside Karen coming? Courtside Karen. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I don't know, man. Um, I just feel like it's too much of a risk. And it's cool if you want to do like just name the teams. Go for it. Um, do that and that works for works works for all of us um but yeah i'm i'm with you josh i just i don't still feel the necessity of it this year i love the Oscar games one of the best things about the you know the season but the fact that they want to do the dunk contest and, and the three-point shootout when people are just like at, you just have like people in the corner like at the janitor time. yeah the janitor just like 
is not as cool as you know like kenny the jet smith going nuts on the microphone i will will tell you i will tell you the one downside though is after last year's all-star game and the implement in the implementation of the fourth quarter and what they did with that and like how competitive how competitive the game became like to not be able to have a second year of that kind of stinks it does. Like I was I really agree. looking forward. I was really looking forward. Like those guys were playing. They were literally playing defense. Like they were about to win or lose an NBA championship. And I was like, man, this is what an all-star game should be like. And we got to see it finally once for the first time of like just the competitiveness, the raw nature of those guys trying to get every call made, you know, wanting the ball at the end of the game, you know, defense on every single possession. And then we have to take a year off. So, yeah. <sighs> Um, yeah, my internet cut out, but I'm agreeing with you guys. Um, I don't, I definitely think that in a pandemic year, you can't take the risk uh, of traveling and, and doing all the things. And, um, of course the best part about the all-star game, like Stim said, is the crowd and the reactions and Kenny Smith announcing the dunk contest and all the celebrities and all that stuff. That's the best part about it. So if you can't have any of that stuff and, and you know, you can't do it safely and effectively, then, you know, I, I think it's a it's a mute point. I think you just name your teams, name the guys that are on it, and you give those guys a nice five-day break where they can recover or their bodies can recover and rest and, and spend time with their families and, and gear up for the second half of the season. Agreed. So, well, gentlemen, uh, it's been a weird tech night over here at the Brown household uh, with our internet kind of going crazy, but uh, it's always good to get on here with you all, um, you know, with all our schedules being kind of crazy and, and things going on. It's always good to get on um, and, and shoot another shot callers episode. Um, Producer Tim, uh, what is on the agenda for the 48 minutes network this week? Uh, as far as with at large bid um, and 48 minutes uh, podcast. Um. You know, that's a good question. I, uh, <laughs> everyone's been so busy. And so, you know, with everything going on with the uh-huh. weather here, uh, it's been really hard to kind of dictate a schedule. So I'm hoping uh, we'll have something this week. Um, for me, I know that I'm looking forward to my next book that I'll be reading. NBA Jam, the book written by my pal, Rayon Ali. Oh, yeah. Check He's on fire. The Box books Life looks books. like it's on the book looked like it's on fire. <laughs> yeah. He gave me a cool inscription. It says from the parking that's lot. Legit. Yeah. Um, actually had Rayon on the pod oh, when he first dope. launched the book. So I'm excited to kind of talk, touch base with the, read it again and kind of have him on to talk about it. Cause it's going to be a documentary now. So um, congrats oh, to him. Cool. Yeah. It's really neat. Yeah. Hey, real quick, Tim, before that's you move awesome. on, um, I just want to let you know, I introduced my kids to uh, NBA jam on the Nintendo 64 about three weeks ago and they legit laughed at me for playing the game. And yeah. I was like, you guys don't even know how great this game was. That I'll kick you out of my house right now. You can go so, find somewhere right. else to live. One Up, who's like, One Up's that company that's been releasing like vintage arcades. Um, they made an NBA Jam cabinet that has NBA Jam, NBA Jam Term Edition, and Hang Time on it. And I am going to do everything possible to convince my fiance when we get our house to let me have that in our basement. So, definitely. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, gentlemen, it's been a pleasure as always. Uh, please make sure if you are listening to this podcast, you download it on Apple 
podcast and you give us a five-star review. We love them and we appreciate them. Um, also, you can check us out on our socials at 48MinutesNTWRK on Instagram and Twitter. Um, make sure you check us out. We've got a lot of cool things coming up. Um, also, if, like I said in the beginning of the podcast, if you have not had a chance to check out uh, Tim Daniel and Donnie Minkie's G League preview, um, it is awesome. The league started today, um, but you have plenty of time to read that article and get caught up on all of your G League teams and previews uh, through this article. So give it. A, uh, make sure you check it out. Um, we appreciate you. Thank you guys for listening tonight, and we will catch you down the road. Yes, sir. See you guys.